As a small business owner, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the pressure of choosing the right hire or leading a team? Or have you ever found yourself tolerating a bad hire because you fear trying and failing again as you repeat the hiring process? If so, you're not alone and you are in the right place. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. The Growing Your Team podcast teaches business owners like you to expand your unique business by teaching you to master the hiring and team management process. Hiring and managing a team does not have to be a challenge. You just have to learn to do it right. And the Growing Your Team podcast teaches you how to become a confident leader who hires right every single time. Now, let's jump into the show where each episode, you will learn tips on how to identify what type of help you need on your team, how to source amazing candidates, how to conduct interviews that lead you to your idea team member, how to onboard successfully, and how to lead every person in your business so you have a team of rock stars who you are happy to pay every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Last week, we started talking about the four signs that it's time to hire in your business. This could be a sign that it's time to hire your very first team member or that it's time for you to hire your next team member, whether that's your second, your fifth, your 10th, your 20th, or even your 100th. These are signs that are often missed in businesses because we're too busy doing the day-to-day. We're in our business, we're checking things off the to-do list, and we forget to step back and look at what's really going on and what is really causing the problems or the stress that we're feeling. And sometimes the the cause of those problems is because we don't have enough hands in our business. We don't have enough man hours in our business. So we're diving into the four signs that it is time to hire. Last week, we talked about sign number one, which is you're at capacity. You're saying no to your idea clients And even at times, this could be that you have a wait list that's working against you versus working for you. So now let's talk about sign number two. The second sign that it's time to hire for your business is that you're losing customers. And this is typically because you have poor customer service. Now, this can sometimes be a tough one for you to see because Because a lot of times when you think customer service, you think that maybe you're getting a lot of complaints or that you're sitting there and saying, well, I don't even have a customer service team. We don't deal with people in that way. So therefore, this is not something for me. But every business has customer service. Customer service is how you interact with your clients. It's how you respond to your clients. It's how your clients feel. You know, if you're product-based, it is getting your connections, your retailers or the individual consumer, what they want, when they want it, and being able to communicate with them properly and timely. 
So let's look at a few examples of what poor customer service means in a business that can lead to you losing customers. So the first thing is poor customer service can be response times. This can be how long it takes you to respond to a phone call, how long it takes you to respond to an email, or how long it's taking you to deliver what you told your clients that you were going to deliver. So it could be when you started your business, you had really fast response times because you didn't have a whole lot of clients. So when client work came up, you were able to get things done immediately. But now you're busy. Now you get off the phone or you get off a meeting with one client and you're jumping on another meeting with another client. So you can't immediately get things out to your, to your clients and getting stuff done for them gets added to the to-do list. But now comes a point where the client is always feeling like things are coming late or you're starting every email with, oh, thank you for your patience. You know, it's crazy week. You know, I am now able to get this to you or so sorry. I know I said I would send this on Tuesday, but here it is. And it's Thursday. The clients notice this. The clients notice when responses become longer than expected. And sometimes that expectation is what we set because we specifically tell our clients, you will get a response from me by X. I will deliver this by this date. You know, this is what you can expect because I'm telling you. Sometimes we even do welcome packets for our clients that we're going to be working with for long periods of time. And in that welcome pack, we tell them, I will respond to your emails within one business day. I will respond to this within this amount of time. After a kickoff call, I you will have deliverables by this. And we give it to them in writing. So it's not just what they expect. It's that what we are telling them. And then the other thing is just reasonable timelines. So when we talk about losing customers due to poor customer service, we're not talking about those people that think that when they email you, they, they are the only person that matters, the only thing that matters, and you're going to respond immediately. That's not what we're talking here. We're talking about reasonable response times. So when you start falling out of those reasonable response times, even if you've never actually set a response time with them, they start to feel that. They see that. If they always have to email you on Monday and not get a response until Friday, they feel that. And when they feel that, they don't feel valued. They don't feel cared for as a customer. They see that you're always busy. And They start thinking, why am I going to continue working with someone who seems like they don't really want to work for me? So what happens? They take their business elsewhere. This could be that when their contract comes to an end, they say, thanks, I'm not renewing. Or you run a business where they they wouldn't renew right away, but next time they're in need for your service, they don't come back. They go elsewhere. Or even worse, they don't refer you. And sometimes they explicitly tell people 
Yeah, while they produce a lot of great stuff, they're not great to work with. Here was my experience. It could also be that they end their contract. So they take advantage of that exit clause, that cancellation notice, and they say, this was great, but I'm not really feeling valued, so therefore I'm going to end before the end. So you lose out on that revenue that you thought you were getting. So you want to make sure that your customers feel valued. Once again, we're not talking about the people that are super demanding, that expect responses right away, but the people that expect reasonable response times. But let's look at this another way. Poor customer service can also happen before you get a client. So now we're talking about potential clients. Think of it like this. Someone reaches out to you to inquire about your service. You don't have time to respond to them. You don't call them back. You don't see their email for a few days. Or the first time they can get on your calendar is weeks out. What happens during that time between when they want to talk to you and you actually talk back to them? They can take their business elsewhere. And then you lose that customer before you even had an opportunity to talk to that customer because your response times were too long. It could also be after that first conversation that you're taking too long to get a proposal to them. You're not answering their questions in a timely manner. And they start to say, wait, if this is how they're treating me when they want my money, how are they going to treat me when I, they have my money? Because most people are going to assume that the sales experience, they're going to get treated the best out of the entire process. They're not necessarily expecting that they're going to be treated worse, but they're going to be treated the best in that part of the process. So how you're treating them can continue, but they're not going to assume that service is going to get better once they become a client, right? So their assumption is if you take too long to respond during that sales process, you're going to take too long to respond when they're a client. And therefore, they're going to be hesitant about giving you their money. So what does it look like and how does it benefit you to hire when this is going on in your business? Well, the first way it's going to benefit you is you can reduce those response times because you have help. And we'll talk about in a minute what that potential help could look like. Also with the potential clients, you can potentially get more clients because of the fact that you're able to secure that business before that person goes elsewhere. So you're able to earn more business and earn more revenue for your organization. On the flip side, when you don't hire when this stuff's going on, as we already talked about, people take their business elsewhere. So you lose out on revenue. It also creates poor customer experiences. And what happens when we have poor customer experiences? We tell our friends, we write reviews, we just feel a negative experience. And we don't want to create that for our clients. We want our clients to have positive experiences. We want our clients to write us positive reviews. So 
we don't want to create negative experiences that are going to impact our future business, whether it's with that client or with another client. So what does hiring help look like for the situation? In some ways, it looks very similar to hiring for the first sign when you're at capacity. You can hire someone that's going to directly help you respond to these messages, to your clients, help get out client deliverables in a certain time frame. So that way it's not all falling on you. This can once again be a second you, a junior you who's working directly with clients, who's taking sales calls, who's working on client deliverables. They're either doing all of the client process for set clients while you work with other clients, or they're helping you within that. So they do A and you do B within the process. They could also be helping to take work off your plate that doesn't involve this client communication and interaction. So that way you have more time to respond. You can be more timely. You can get out those client deliverables. You can answer the phone. You can have more space on your calendar for client meetings or sales meetings. So they can help you get that time that is needed in your business to be more responsive, to be more timely with deliverables in your business. So I want to give you an example of what this looks like. So the one is a personal example from me, and I was actually the customer. I was working with a business, and it's actually a business that that I love. I actually still refer people to them. So luckily, because I really know this business, it didn't damage the relationship overall, but I wasn't happy as a customer. I started feeling like I didn't matter. And because I was friends with this business owner, I communicated to that, to her. And she even admitted that, yeah, with a lot of the other stuff that was going on, our project was much smaller and just not a priority. So we decided to end things in a way that worked out well for both businesses. But it was because of that response time, I didn't feel valued. I didn't feel like I was getting what I signed up for. And like I said, luckily for this, it didn't damage the business moving forward in terms of like giving referrals to her or you know being business friends, but it did make me pull my business from her organization. So she didn't get any of that additional revenue for having me as a customer at that time. And for her client roster, Yes, I was a small project, so it probably really didn't impact the bottom line that much, but it could have been a bigger project. You know, it could be one of those things that maybe, maybe, maybe if you know I didn't know her personally, I'd be hesitant to go back to her when I do have a big project. Now let me give you an example of the losing customers before you have it. Let's talk about the world of real estate. There are some people that have a realtor that they know, like, and trust. So no matter what, they're going to that person to help them when they have real estate needs. But there's also a huge market of people out there that don't know a realtor in the market that they're trying to buy and sell. 
So what do they do? They might be connected to someone after they ask a friend for a referral. They might go to places like Instagram and look up realtors to see who matches their style, who they connect with. They might just do a Google search. You know, they might do different things to figure out who should I connect with? But chances are, if they get referrals, they're not just asking one person and getting one referral. They might get three, four, five. When they look up on social media, on Instagram, or any of the other social media channels, or even doing a web search to find a realtor in the area, they're finding multiple. And when they contact that person, if that person doesn't contact them back in a timely manner and they go to somebody else, they're missing that that realtor is missing that revenue opportunity that they would make off the commission of that purchase or of that sale. When I've worked with a client in the past, they kept going back and forth on some of the tasks that they would give their new team member because they really felt like it was time to delegate. And they thought about, should this person be full-time? Should they be part-time? Can I afford this team member? And they really went through this, this period of doubt of affordability for this team member. And this client had a policy that if she was meeting with a client, so this client of mine, I wanna make sure that's clear, had a policy that if she was meeting with one of her clients and she was face-to-face with that client, she didn't look at her phone because she wanted to be fully present for that client. So she didn't answer text messages, she didn't answer phone calls, she wasn't answering emails during that time. So there had been times that she leaves a meeting with a client, she looks at her phone, she has a voicemail from someone inquiring about her services, she calls them back, they've already gone with another realtor. And we talked about, well, what could that potential commission have been if they became a client? How many of those calls, how many of those situations are happening? And once we went through that and added that up, she realized that the business she was losing was more than what it would cost her to hire this team member who could help her answer the phones when she was in a client meeting, that could respond to emails, that could help with those inquiries and secure that business when she couldn't be doing it herself. So losing potential business can add up significantly. So if you're in an industry or you're noticing that people are going elsewhere before you have an opportunity to talk to them, then it's really important that you consider hiring someone. And then once again, as we go to wrap up for today, if you are noticing that you are starting to lose customers or your customers just don't seem happy, you even feel like your response times are getting too long, your return clients rate is going down. Your client renewal rate, if you have a a business where people are, there's the opportunity for them to renew right away. If that is going down, then it's potentially because you are providing poor customer service. They don't feel valued and they're taking their business elsewhere as a result. All right, so that wraps up sign number two that it's time to hire for your small business. Once again, this could be your very first employee, your 10th employee, your 20th employee. Watch out for these signs. Make sure you're looking for these signs at least once a quarter, if not once a month. 
To recap, sign number one is that you're at capacity and you're saying no to your idea clients. Sign number two is you're losing customers because you're not providing the customer service that they expect or that you taught them that they should have throughout your previous interactions with them. So next week, we are going to have another wonderful guest interview. So come back in two weeks. We'll obviously come back next week and listen to that wonderful guest interview, but come back the week after that to hear the third sign that it is time to hire for your small business. Are you tired of going through a hiring process that supplies unqualified candidates? Waste your time interviewing tons of people who are not right for the position and leads you to hiring someone who you just want to fire a few months later, then it's time for you to download my free checklist, the hiring checklist, how to hire the right team for your growing business. This checklist will teach you the eight action steps you need to complete for a successful hiring process. Imagine the goals you could have, the clients and customers you could serve, and the revenue growth that could happen with the right people on your team. If you're ready to learn the steps that are required to hire like a pro, then head on over to growingyourteam.com slash checklist to download your free copy of the hiring checklist, how to hire the right team for your growing business.